Disclaimer. This podcast features explicit language and discussion sexual in nature. It may contain subjects uncomfortable to some. Please understand that the opinions shared on this podcast are not a representation of any organization or employer that most may be a part of. Pretend like we just met. I mean, but like, we just met. So well, yeah, you yeah, just met. yeah, yeah. That's what you tell the cashier. You're like, you know, I'm a porn star. So well, that's really honest. <laughs> that's really open and honest. That's yeah, sounds like a typical conversation you would have as a cashier. Porn, 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 porn. Um, porn. You want to know how we got into the industry? Yeah. What? Yeah. What brought you? What oh got God. you interested? What? Um, I got into the industry in like 2017. I was working at a bakery, and uh, you're working at a bakery. Yeah, I was what kind of? I was like a chef, sorta. I just like made food, and I got on Reddit and started making money, and left that job behind very quickly because I made a lot of money doing it. The Reddit I mean, times. Yeah, the yeah. Reddit days. I remember the Reddit times. The Reddit times. Yeah. Uh, I was working on a podcast for uh, insert redacted name uh, because I don't work for them anymore. Um, if you want to figure it out bad enough, I'm sure you can. And uh, one of the guests that we had on was Bailey J. Oh. And I oh. messaged her afterwards and was like, hey, thank you for being so articulate. Thank you for having like such positive trans representation. That was like such a good conversation. And her and I ended up talking and hanging out and um, studying the Bible together. And um, oh, interesting. Uh, no, no, that's is that a metaphor? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And as yeah, and and uh, we are very good friends. And she gave me a really good idea for OnlyFans. She was like, "Hey, you have a nice butt. You should do like yoga, but on OnlyFans, but like nude." And she's like, if you start an OnlyFans, I'll help you promote your stuff. So I did, like, naked yoga tips on OnlyFans for a little while. And she gave me a super big boost and was super nice. And she's been my porn mom ever since. And then I met Luna. And Luna and I started uh, dating and then working together. And now I'm here. That's amazing. Welcome. I'm uh, Yeah, welcome. And also, that's awesome to hear that, like, there's other women who work in the industry that are actually that, you know, real. Yeah, Bailey's a very, very sweet person. And uh, we, like, never talk about porn when we talk and hang out. Yeah, that is always, like, really wholesome in my opinion. It's like... Yeah, um, she was super wholesome vibes when we met her. Yeah, she just wants to talk about, like, meditation and spirituality. Yeah. yeah. It's nice to have conversations outside of, like... Like, when you work at a deli or a bakery, sorry. When you work at a bakery... When you get off work, you don't want to talk about bakery stuff. Yeah. So, like, why do we want to, like, we do sex all the time. Why, like, on our free time, it's not like we're like, hey, let's talk about sex. Yeah. I'm usually talking about video games or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Same. (laughs) Usually, like, talking about VR or, like, crazy electronic music. Mm -hmm. So what are your uh, internet names? I am Danny Sophia. And Luna Vixen. Yeah. Is this where we can find your? If we just searched so, on the Twitter. Yeah, verse. I'm Danny Sophia XXX, and she's Luna Vixen XXX. Oh, if you just, if anyone, if y'all want to, you know, you know take how a Google look works or anything. It, um, it's a thing. 
Go find them. Yeah. <laughs> Go find them. Leave a follow. Yeah. <laughs> we had some uh, topics of discussion. So we do. Um, we do have like a long list. Um, it's going to be a very jam-packed episode. <coughs> um, so you two are from Texas, mm-hmm. correct? I'm from Alabama originally. So oh, I live okay. in Texas. Yeah, we live in Austin. Okay, uh, my wife's actually from Alabama. So, what and part we're of Alabama, uh, in Birmingham. All right, that's where I'm from. <laughs> oh, cool. small world, small yeah, world. Yeah, uh, that's crazy. Um, and then I think like our part of Florida was actually like known as like Lower Alabama. Yeah, LA. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you were from PCB as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh okay. Yeah. Totally. Definitely. Yeah, I used but, to go down there for like spring break and stuff. Like when so I was like a teenager. Everyone. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the whole world. Literally everyone. Would, Seriously. Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, there's actually a, a documentary on Netflix about like hookup culture and. 80% of it is filmed in PCB. That's amazing. So, <laughs> yeah. It was like, I was kind of like switching like through videos on like a uh, Netflix and it like, um, what was it? I think it was like Club La Vila or Spinnaker. Maybe I think like something like popped up and I was like, is that Spinnaker? Is that, and then is like, that I like a- clicked on it and I was like, oh, holy no. shit. Oh, <laughs> I was no. like, oh no. Oh, um, oh boy. Anyways, um, I feel like Texas is kind of like the, when you talk about LGBT issues, Mm -hmm. uh, Texas is kind of like known as like a very hot topic, like it's craziness, um, just in regards of the anti-LGBT kind of mood down there. And then also with them currently trying to pass like a lot of anti-LGBT like laws or whatever into legislation. Um, So currently I I pulled up and according to um, some research I found online, there are 88 pro LGBT bills um, specifically talking about, you know, kind of trying to protect LGBT rights or um, kind of give back some of the rights that that have been lost. And then there's 85 anti-LGBT bills that are still active. Um, A couple of them that I found interesting. um, So something that was actually turned down, like it got killed in the house, Mm -hmm. um, was eliminating the, quote, gay panic and, quote, trans panic as a legal defense. What? So, what that means? Oh, eliminate! I thought you, I thought you said allowing it. I was like, what? Oh no, <laughs> um, no. But basically, what this means so, so sorry. is if someone, cr- like, crement, uh, if someone does a crime against an LGBT or trans person, they can actually legally use the de- the defense of, you know gay panic or trans panic currently in, as law yes. resides right now yes they can wow. um which is like insane to me and i actually found like a list of states where you're actually able legally to use that as like a defense so if somebody did for instance murder someone they could say like oh i murdered them out of gay panic um i, I, I wasn't mentally prepared to be respectful to you as a human being i'm sorry right um <laughs> 
which so keep in mind like they would have to go through like the legal system right so the jury would have to find them you know not guilty mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or guilty or whatever um but the fact that texas is one of the states that still allows that defense um and then currently i to me um one of the biggest topics that i saw like going through the list was so SB 97 banning the harmful practice of conversion therapy is actually currently trying to be passed. So this would make it illegal for churches, for instance, to try to do like pray the gay away or conversion therapy. Um, I can't even believe conversion therapy is still a word being like, yeah. (laughs) So I, I do want to say like, it does look like, um, you know, there is, there are people fighting in Texas. You know, the fact that there's ADA pro LGBT bills trying to be passed, that's very positive. I think I saw last year like 30 anti-LGBT bills were shot down. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, wow. Texas actually has a very large LGBTQ population. Um, So according to LGBTmap.org, there's over 1 million LGBT members in Texas. So that's a large community. Yes. And for, for how, how much anti trans bills there's going on in there. That's just, it just proves no one wants, no one wants to give up that fight. No one wants to give up the fight. I, so personally, and I, I want to get your opinion on this. Uh, personally, I think a lot of the very like extreme right wing people, they're, I feel like they, they feel that they're losing power, right? And they're trying to get all these bills passed. However, since there is such a large population, they're not able to. Like yeah. They're getting shot down, which is great. That's great. Um, but I am not trans and I'm not from Texas. So um, what, what do you guys think? Like, how, what is it like to just be you in Texas? Um, it's given me an opportunity to observe a lot, a lot of, um, the most that I've learned about how people actually feel was before transition, which is not something that a lot of people talk about, but it is a very interesting experience being in a very male dominated culture and taking part in that. And then, uh, willingly, um, destroying your male privilege and then watching that go away, and then existing with it gone. Um, It is very bizarre. Uh, There are, like anywhere else, I think there's a lot of uh, good people and there's a lot of bad people, but one thing that constantly surprises me is how many angles uh, transphobic people can come at it from. Uh, One thing that Luna and I talked about that blew my mind when Luna talked to me about this, and uh, this is a part of a much larger conversation that the South very much takes part in is a lot of these people that are transphobic are transphobic because it has to do with race. Um, Specifically, a lot of the alt-right members that are talking about preserving their race, Mm. um, trans people who do not have the ability to procreate um, cannot help do that, and then that is something that they are against for that reason, which is a part of a much larger, scarier conversation. But 
that is one particular facet of transphobia that is a lot more uh, prevalent in the South. That we are willingly giving up our ability to procreate? Yeah, and because of that, um, there are um, whoo, white nationalists um, that think that um, th that race cannot then be preserved and continued in their most desirable form. Yeah, that's, that's insane. Um, being from the South and being raised pretty religious, um, you know, everyone is like, oh, like the South, like Southern hospitality. And, and I'm like, hey, like, stop. Um, <laughs> that only pertains to if you follow like their religion and you <laughs> vote the way that they vote and you fit into like a perfect box and they know you. Yeah. yeah. Then, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, you believe in all the things I believe in, right? Er okay. Everyone's super nice and super helpful. Um, if you step outside of that in any way. Oh, yeah. Um, you're completely disowned. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're basically enemy number one at that point. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like, oh, it was, it's definitely rough. I, I, I feel we both can feel you on, you know, transitioning in a southern state. It's definitely rough. But it seems like that Texas definitely has a big positive trans movement there. Yeah. Yeah. Austin is the queerest place I've ever been. And it is absolutely amazing. And I love it so much because we have a wonderful like R&B and jazz scene there. And we have a wonderful LGBT scene. And those two are very intertwined. Oh, that's so awesome. It is wonderful to see like queer jazz musicians. Oh, yeah. Because that is like amazing. In uh, Austin, you said it was uh, very friendly and stuff. So I imagine that you you both enjoy living in Austin, even though the majority of the state seems like it could be pretty scary to live in if you're part of our community. Ye or yeah. even just not a straight white person. Yeah, I know? mean, Austin's yeah. like super great. I love it there. Dallas didn't like it. Was like the only place I've like actually experienced discrimination in. In, in where? Since being trans. Dallas. Oh, Dallas. Oh, yeah. In yeah. DFW. It's like... Wow, that's that's actually pretty amazing. Yeah, for a southern state at the airport. No, just like at um, it's like Deep Ellum in Dallas. Like, mm. a, it's, it's amazing that like a bunch of dive bars and shit. That, Do you like, want to talk about it? You could be in such a like can. a conservative area. Sorry. Just like uh, I was literally just in a parking lot trying to park my car, and this guy like freaked out on me because I was trans, and just like wouldn't let me park my car there. And what? like was like taking pictures of my car and like freaking the fuck out. So I just like got in my car and left. Wow. And I was just like, like no, you can't park here. Yeah. Well, it was like he was like berating me, and this guy just kind of like freaked out and called me a tranny freak and just like wouldn't let me park and just like kept yelling at me to to fucking get the fuck out. And so I left. You're trying to park your car. I'm trying to park so I could go like see a show my friend's wow. band and i just like didn't even go to the show because it Pe was just like people are so I, there's no better word for it, just crazy yeah people are just like off their fucking rocker when when they're oh, ignorance makes them like do crazy shit <laughs> that's for sure yeah i don't really understand it but um <clears throat> yeah alabama must have been rough but it sounds like you're in a better area. Yeah, Alabama was fine, to be honest. Like, like no really? one ever treated me bad. Everyone just wanted to fuck. <laughs> like, that was the problem there. 
Everyone just wanted to fuck. Everything. Everyone just wanted to fuck all the time. That's, that's the only issue that I had there. They're just bored. Wow. I guess I guess people in Florida are just more. Oh, I've I've been had horrible things said to me in public. Really? In Florida, yeah. It's pretty bad. Well, makes me grateful to know that other places in the South have like such safe pace, safe havens for for our community. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Because you know. Austin's amazing because, like, we hang out with other trans girls, like, every other week, and, like, we can go out on ta- in the town and, like, do stuff. Like, there's a gay district, basically. It's yeah, it's 4th like- Street, so there's just a line of gay clubs, and it is fucking amazing because the music is, like, top-notch. Like, it is just the best club music you've ever heard. Oh, that's great. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. That sounds fun. Yeah, and they have uh, vending machines where you can get, like, like like packs of like delta eight cigarettes yeah. there and there's yeah, just weed like in a vending machine yeah you can just get weed in a vending machine <laughs> and then go to a gay club <clears throat> what oh, year wow. is it what <laughs> it's 2023 we're in we're in a deer in the year of revolutions or evolutions evolutions i don't know yeah it's it's revolution but there's like <laughs> little parentheses around the r yeah you know have <laughs> you ever been to texas jay i have not um my wife and I, we have like kind of done multiple road trips like around the country. Um, there, to be honest, there was like Texas was like one of the states that were like, we don't really think there's anything there. Yep. To go see. Well, there's a lot of like beautiful like national parks there, but that's about it. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of wonderful music coming out of Texas. Yeah, yeah, apparently yeah, Texas there's a lot native of good R and B, R and B music, jazz. Yeah, yeah. Robert Glasper, who's a Texas native, uh, just won a Grammy for like best R and B performance. You should mm. check him out. He is amazing. Yeah, Robert Glasper's dope. Yeah, Robert Glasper. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna have to remember that. Yeah, Robert Glasper. Glasper. Yeah, amazing, amazing, amazing. Interesting. <sighs> um, so actually, November thirtieth last year. Um, the National Terrorism Advisory System um, actually put out like a bulletin stating that um, the LGBTQ community was, quote, targets of potential violence. Uh, this was not based, you know, just out of like Texas. It was like countrywide. Um, so, yeah, I just want to kind of like ask, like, does everyone feel safe? I know, I know like, Washington's probably going to be a little bit different from Texas. Um, totally different atmosphere. But like what you guys just described, it seems like Texas, the area that you're in at least, like Texas sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. The The most unsafe thing about um, being trans in Texas is a lack of support system that a lot of people have because they may uh, not get berated when they walk down the street, but uh, their families uh, will often rail against them and pull out that support system from them uh, because the greatest thing that anyone is looking for to maintain a sense of happiness on the most fundamental level is connection. Yeah. And that is the biggest thing that I have found is stripped away from trans people who are suffering greatly is a lack of authentic and loving connection. Yeah. Whether it's with their family or with other people around And them. usually we try to seek out our family first to get mm-hmm. that connection with, and they're the first ones to, you know, tear that make that wound yeah bigger basically yeah it's kind of like segues into a very difficult subject to talk about and also this is across the pond so 
those of you that don't know, Brianna Gay, 16 years old, was found dead, stabbed to death. Uh, she was stabbed to death in broad daylight in a public park in in the UK. Two people were arrested, a 15-year-old girl and a 15-year-old boy. They are the prime suspects of this um, brutal murder. Brianna Gay had a TikTok. Um, I did not. I don't have a TikTok. I didn't follow her. But from the news stories that I read, evidently on her TikTok, she would talk often about people bullying her at school. My biggest question here is because since we are like where we are and given our age, um, everyone kind of says, you know, hey, like we feel pretty safe in Texas. We feel pretty safe in Washington. Um, That's great. How do we help the trans youth when evidently a 16-year-old kind of puts out there on the internet, like, I'm being bullied and I'm being picked on. Like, how do we make sure that that's not overlooked and not just kind of, like, dismissed and make sure that something like this, like, doesn't happen again? I think definitely putting it out there, first and foremost, for people to hear, because big thing with transgender news or anything with our community, basically, is just, like, the lack of information, Thankfully, this is I, I've seen progress throughout the years on this because I feel like ten years ago, this wouldn't have met any kind of headlines. Not have been on YouTube, you know. So you said just getting it out there. Um, so I would say that well, getting it out there as far as like news, like okay. news companies cover it. coverage, because just like how we're talking about it, it's important to talk about it because other people hear about it and they hear about the bullying that happened because they otherwise maybe they might not ever hear about it. And that's important. But is that enough? Like, is that enough? No, it's definitely not enough. There's so much more probably we could do, but like, it's so difficult with the, you know, with all the people against us. Yeah. I think what Danny has to say about, uh, public education reform i think it comes down to a lot of that stuff i think teachers and counselors need to be like more present and like parents need to just like the adults need to take control when when things like that are happening well they need to step up and the the parents of like i wonder what kind of life the kids have that stabbed them i mean 15 year old to stab somebody i mean they must not have like the best home life and if they do like what went wrong yeah that's like that's the thing that really gets me about this is that I honestly do not believe that people are born with this like hatred inside of them. Right. I like this, this is learned, like this is taught. Um, and the fact that, uh, two 15 year old people, (laughs) um, so young could do such a brutal murder. I mean, like keep in mind, um, a stabbing you are up close and personal with that person um so to hate somebody to that level to take it to that extreme that's intense oh to hear well, someone like screaming for you to stop while you're killing them is surely yeah you must yeah. be deranged you have to have you like there's got to be stuff going on at home 
And to be honest, uh, I, I'm not super familiar with uh, the climate for LGBT and the UK. However, uh, just to kind of like give everyone an idea, um, the news reports also reported that the vigils in honor of Brianna Gay um, in several cities around the UK were interrupted by anti-LGBT protesters um, shouting and screaming at them while they were mourning Brianna Gay, which I think that kind of tells you enough of the climate of the UK mm-hmm. um, when it comes to the LGBT. But It's so fucking aggravating. It's just like, just give them a moment of peace. Well, they don't see our lives as they, they see us as like less like subhuman basically well they I see mean, it for as you to show up to someone's yeah. fu- like vigil it's like you're you don't like see me as a human being yeah at yeah. That point. yeah they see it as it's a performance just, it's just oh my god just to be disassociated as a human just because people can't accept <laughs> your life <laughs> the way you they, it doesn't even like affect them but they just have to be so passionate about hating you. And, and like like Jay was saying, I, I feel like a lot of this hate just passed down generation after generation. And all it takes is one of those generations to be like, I'm going to stop being ignorant. Mm-hmm. And then they teach their kids to not be ignorant. And then it's get passed on, but no one wants to step up. And I, and I, I do think, you know, the UK does have a very big problem with the anti-gay um, stuff and anti-LGBT things going on over there. Um, it's not an easy area to transition in. I will say it is slowly making a difference. Um, people are, like, slowly stepping up. For instance, um, coming out here and just, like, meeting kind of the d- generation that's behind us Um when LGBT stuff comes up, when people are like, oh, you know, like, people be very shy and like, oh, I'm gay. I've, like, personally where I work at, I've noticed, like, so many people are like, oh, like, so what? Mm-hmm. Like, cool. Um, when I was in college, I went back to college at a much later age in my life. Uh, the 18, 19-year-olds, like, everyone's like, everyone's bi. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, they were like... You know, someone was like, oh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm bisexual. And everyone's like, yeah, so are we, what, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> Why are we still talking about it? And then also like, even at work, <laughs> like, you know, I, I kind of, I told, I told people about like, you know, about the podcast and about like me being into BDSM and they're just like, so I don't understand like what the big deal is. Right. Um, so I do think the generation that's coming up behind us, they are very much open. I think the internet kind of explains a lot of that because they're just exposed to so much. Um, So slowly these, these families that are raising like generation after generations of, you know, being very anti LGBT are slowly fading out. It's just going to take time. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I am just, I'm thankful it's gotten to the point that it's at right now. That's, I am thankful, but I feel like if we weren't held back so much, it could be so much further. We could yeah. be so much further along. But that's about the thing. It's just well, stupidity and ignorance holds us back all the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's hard to know how to feel about all of this because I see so much good mixed in with so much bad. Mm. And it's hard to 
um, not let the bad infect the good, and it's hard to let the small amount of good cover up the large amount of bad. Yeah. And it's not like some of these people that are against, uh, you know, LGBT community or any of us, it's it's not because they actually have a deep hate. It's just because they don't understand. They just need an explanation that's simple enough for them to understand because it would be, you know, the smartest people ever. Yeah, yeah. Hate (laughs) is actually a very fragile thing, and I found that ignorance is a lot more sustaining than hate is because I see hate is a runoff of excessive ignorance. Yeah, exactly. Also, I I will say, I think with the internet, like everyone's under a microscope, Mm -hmm. right? So like if you say the wrong thing, everyone's going to be on top of you. It's going to be shared millions of times. Um, So I think a lot of people are being a little bit more aware of what they're saying at least, Um, which, you know, it's it's not good to like, on the inside, be very anti-LGBT. But if you are anti-LGBT, please keep it to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that's having a very big impact. Um, we still see some really like messed up stuff, like what happened in, what was it, Arkansas? The, uh, the senator in Arkansas just recently, uh, not too long ago, asked a... Um, a trans woman who is testifying. Oh my god! Yeah, if she had a penis, like totally, totally normal question. Reported yeah. um, in the transcription of the meeting notes, probably. I can't believe a senator. Yeah, I don't. I don't know his a name. Senator. It's just um, <laughs> I can can sit there and ask a question like that. Are you telling us that you're unfamiliar with a large body of medical evidence of the harm that is? come upon people that have gone through these processes? I'm familiar with a large body of evidence that shows that providing good affirming care saves lives. Are you saying that you're unaware of the large body of medical evidence of the harm that has come upon these people in these processes that have been gone through? I will, Are you unaware of that body of evidence? I will repeat what I just said. Are you unaware of that body of evidence? I will repeat what I just said. You said that you're a trans woman. A trans female, yes, sir. Do you have a penis? That's horrible. Yeah. You're the one. You're the one that brought that into the discussion. I you're the one that never that said anything about genitalia. Oh, it is that, everything. Okay. To do with genitalia. I don't know. And the, the thing is, like the the person testifying, she had a PhD in pharmacy, so and she was also there testifying for affirming care. So something that she is qualified. She is a trans female. She's testifying for it. And right in the middle, they just, the senator asked, do you have a penis? And then, and then the audacity of him also afterwards to be like, well, you're the one that brought up the subject of the penis. That's, it's fucking wild. It just goes back to (laughs) thing respect that Danny and I were saying is just, but I will say, like, he has refused from last time I checked, he has refused to comment on the situation because he knows. I of think course. he knows. He's like, fuck. Yeah. I just fucked up. Yeah. I asked the dumbest like, question ever. My political career is probably over. <laughs> well, the worst thing is that it's probably not over. Yeah. Uh, he definitely, I, not. I definitely think he made a mark on his career, but yeah. unfortunately, these senators these days, they're like, what they're in office for ten plus years? Yeah, just career policy. You don't think they say yeah, something they stupid <laughs> in those like yeah. ten or in those in their career? Oh yeah. Come on. 
I feel really, I just feel bad for, that's like, that's embarrassing. How, em- how embarrassing to be asked that. Like, yeah. Especially if you're a professional, she has, she's a doctor. Yeah. And this man wants to disrespect that by asking that kind of question. I I think it's appropriate to ask that kind of question. If it were anybody else. I just want to say, we've all been asked if we have penises like a lot of times, right? I, I have not. That yeah, that's a normal thing. I, that's a normal thing. I've I have no idea what, what you you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Nobody has asked me if I have a penis. <laughs> I've been asked how big my penis is. Ah, that yeah. did happen. Um, also. But... <laughs> That yeah, no one's like it was like that was like one time though. Like literally one time in my life somebody came up to me and was like, How big is your penis? Uh, <laughs> that was in high, that was in high school. Uh, yeah, actually. Oh that <laughs> checks out. Wait, what yeah. I think I know who may have asked you that question. What? I think I think I know what it was Spanish class and I do not think you were in my Spanish class. No, but I think I know of a person that may have asked oh, well different turn different time for that subject <laughs> conversation. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that's a normal thing. Trans women get asked. I think, I think for me, um, being kinky and into BDSM, uh, the thing that I see is when I kind of choose to like tell somebody about that, um, Hey, I'm into BDSM. Their first reaction is like, Oh, what? Wow. Okay. Um, often they have a ton of questions. They're very curious. Um, Typically, it's people I know, right? Like, it's my friends, and I'm like, oh, yeah, like, by the way, I'm into that. Um, The only thing that I get a lot of is sometimes I'll get, like, very weird looks and be like, "Um, so your wife, so (laughs) she's a submissive, and you, and I can, like, piece it together very quickly because this is, like, what BDSM people we fear. Um, we're all painted as like males, at least we're all painted as like wife beaters and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 not at all. I'm, I'm the submissive. <laughs> I'm into that. <laughs> like it's the other way around. And then it's a very awkward because their whole demeanor changes. Yeah. They're, they're like, Oh, okay. Like it's perfectly fine now. And then they're like, Oh, and I'm like, it's a little weird. Um, but I can totally kind of, I can see both sides of it. I can see the, um, with the, what was his name? The recent BDSM scandal that happened uh, with the movie actor. Oh, God. Uh, I can't. Army Hammer? Yes, Army Hammer. So there are predators out there. Who? Army Hammer? Uh, Army Hammer. Is that, is that the name of a... Of a, of that's, a, a that's a person a with person? a human name... Named Army, Army Hammer. Hammer. That's his name. Army Hammer. Okay. So I I don't want to super get into the topic. He's a complete piece of shit. Maybe like two years ago, he was in a movie with um, Henry Cavill where there were spies, the man from Uncle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, he's a pretty well-known movie star. His He comes from a like uh, oil type, tycoon family like he comes from money and everything like that so many girls have come out and said you know he essentially against their consent tied 
he would tie them up, gag them so they could not say no. He did not get consent to do this. He did not explain what was happening. And these are very important guidelines Mm -hmm. in the BDSM world. Uh, Typically, there's a lot of communications. If it's done correctly, you specifically say what's going to happen. You consent to it. You have safe words. He did not do any of that. He would tie them up. He would gag them. And then he would rape them. And there's even like screenshotted tweets uh, or I think Instagram messages going back and forth where he was like, oh, I, that was so good last night. And the girl's like, fuck you. Like, I hated it. I couldn't tell you to stop. And he's like, oh, I loved it. Like, do you want to do that again? And she's like, you raped me. Like, and I'm oh, paraphrasing wow. the fuck out of that. Yeah, it's, it's but it's, it's there, there's a documentary on it. Um, <laughs> I think the documentary isn't the best. Um, but it does kind of highlight like what happened. So I can kind of see like both sides. I see the side of like, there are like male predators out there that will target BDSM women because he, they think like they can get away with anything. Um, but on the other side of it, it's like, uh, you kind of like just put me into a box and a stereotype. Like the unfortunate thing there, I think is, you know, now, now you also have people that when they hear BDSM, now they're going to think of, oh, so like that, that's the lifestyle that they do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, n- no, not, no. Unfortunately, also Fifty Shades of Grey, like, kind of ruined that. Um, there was actually a recent Fifty video. <laughs> There's oh also boy. a... Oh, boy. For instance, I saw um, Evie Lupine. Does anyone know Evie Lupine? This is like another crazy name that I didn't know. It's like Army Hammer, Evie <laughs> Lupine. <laughs> like, I feel so out of the loop. <laughs> um, I will say it makes sense that maybe you don't know these names. Uh, so Evie Lupine, she is a BDSM ed- educator. She's here in Seattle. She's on YouTube. Uh, she makes really great videos. Um I follow her. I I watch her videos. You know, click here for a video. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, she she makes really good like education videos. Um, the only thing I might say is because she is obviously female, she's going to be speaking from her side of things. So those of us that are into the BDSM scene that are males, some sometimes it's not really relevant to us. Um, but again, she's just kind of like, she's speaking her truth. She lives that lifestyle. Um, it's what she does. So, but Evie Lupine, for instance, she recently did a video of, uh, kink versus BDSM. And it was a very interesting topic because, and I could see like Evie Lupine also struggle with this in the video. Cause she, I believe she said like, she was talking to somebody and they ca- kind of like mixed up between kink and BDSM and, for me personally, when you're like reading books, um, like nonfiction books or research or um, whatever, they'll use like kink and BDSM like interchangeably, mm-hmm. right? So what's really interesting is when I'm feeling like nervous when I'm talking to somebody and I can feel them like kind of like prying, like, oh, what's that like, what's that bracelet like on your wrist? Which, so like like this. So this is actually from like a BDSM website. Um, I believe it's Eternity Callers. So this is a BDSM. This is 
like to symbolize to the BDSM community, I am owned essentially. Fancy, fancy. Um, but sometimes I'll feel, feel like, like people like, I have. yeah. And they, they also do make collars. Um, so like collars go around your neck, the same thing. I like the wrist thing. I, I believe like the moment I wear something around my neck, I'm going to get like asked like 50 million questions. <laughs> so for me, like in a very professional environment, I can slap it on my wrist. Um, no questions asked. No questions yeah. asked. Everyone kind of like overlooks it. They're like, yeah. oh, cool. It's a nifty little like bracelet thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say like if I feel like someone's like kind of like curious and they're like prying, they're like asking questions, but I do not know how they're going to respond. I'll say like, oh, yeah, like I'm kinky. Mm. And that that can like leave it open to like a much broader thing. If it's like a friend of mine that I've known for like a few months and I kind of like felt them out a little bit, I'll say like, oh, yeah, I'm into BDSM. Um, but there was an interesting kind of like discussion of like what's the difference between the two. And I think for me personally is that kink is anything that's like outside of like vanilla sex mm-hmm. essentially yeah. right and yeah. that's what like sure i think that's like the definition like a kink in the rope <laughs> right <laughs> um and then bdsm if i had to like very easily like simplify it it would be there's some sort of power exchange there whether it's bondage because you have to like give up power to be tied up um or discipline whatever it is like there's typically some sort of power exchange mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, it was a very interesting topic. Um, and that's just some, something I do to kind of like get around like the awkwardness. Like I'll just say like, oh, I'm kinky. So when I lived in Alabama, I would go to these events like every weekend and they were like BDSM, like, uh, I don't know, talks. They would just talk about different subjects every week. And eventually we did like, I went to like the dungeon for like the local space and got vetted into all that. And it was a lot of fun for sure. And very interesting. Um, lots of different dynamics in the, in, in the community. I was just about to ask, what was your experience with the BDSM community? And I, I mean, it was cool. Those kind of things. Or are you cool. just, or you just like, I, like Jay was saying just to have a kinky side. I mean, at the time I was like pretty into it. I was going like every weekend for like a year. Oh wow! Probably. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Yeah. How'd you like it? A lot. Yeah, it was cool. Did you learn anything from it? I mean, I usually just would like go in there with my friends and tell them what I would was into and like let them do certain things. Like depending on the night, um, I I stopped going just because I fucking moved. But but yeah, it was it was cool. I had like three friends that I would go there with, uh, that were also vetted and everything and into different things. And yeah, I feel like. like if you're going to have any kind of like BDSM get together and stuff where you're exploring like fetishes and yeah, especially like role play and stuff that you have to have like vetted people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like anyone can, sh- anyone who finds it can show up to like the meetings, but to, to be able to go to like the to dungeon, play, play, yeah, you have to be with, yeah, you gotta I assume get vetted it's all by, like, trusted the, people the, that are the, like, like people who, this run is an insane person, <laughs> you know, yeah. like the, like the army hammer guy. Yeah, the, ar- the army, army hammer, hammer guy. and everything. Gosh. I was only recently tied up hmm. for the first time. Really? The first time? Mm-hmm. Oh, you want me to and? go? Oh, you want me to talk <laughs> more about it? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, we were, I was shooting a scene with my friend Erin Everly, and she has a lot of experience in 
rope play. So, um, yeah, I got to experience that oh, as being the, the person tied up. Yeah, she's actually pretty good. Yeah. You'll get to meet her. Yeah. Very cool. That's right. She'll yeah. be here. At the dungeon space that I used to go to, they had like a, uh, a winch with, with, oh, a, wow. uh, with like a suspension ring, and I would, I would get like tied up. My, my arms like tied up and pulled up on that and like be blindfolded and have like earplugs in. And How's that feel? This is cool. I like uh, sensory deprivation and that type of thing. I don't know how to describe the feeling because I've been tied up as well. Like I, I hooked up with a, a sailor guy on a sailboat and like uh, mm-hmm. he uh, okay he like sailboat me. <laughs> All I can say, I can't tell you the knots he did, but I was completely restrained with my ponytail tied to my the my wrist tied to my le- uh, my my ankles, and I was suspended off the roof of the sailboat. Yo, and I hot. It That's was horny. a time. It was That's a time. Horny. It was a time. Good for you. So yeah. I will, damn. I will say, if you are into that, uh, Seattle does have, I believe, multiple like shibari kind of groups that you can actually go and like in an environment like you two could actually go and learn like kind of like the basics and the knots and then get into like the more advanced stuff. Oh yeah, I think you were mentioning that before. I have mentioned it a lot. I know. Uh, we need <laughs> to take advantage of that. We really do. Yeah. yeah. This isn't the first time he's brought this up. It is not. Shabari. <laughs> yeah. Shabari. Um, but yeah, I think I think anytime that you take like senses away, so like eyesight, hearing, whatever, uh, the ability to talk, like your other senses are very heightened. Mm-hmm. So you feel everything a lot more. You feel the pain and the pleasure. Ah, that makes sense why people like to be like restrained, blindfolded, and sensory deprivation. Because then they're like, that's like ultimate pleasure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and other people are like, "How could you do that to people? What What's wrong with you?" And it's like they're literally coming so hard right now because it's hot. Yep, definitely. Um, And then if you can get into like a group where everyone feels very comfortable with each other and everything's great, I mean. Just like you found, like you can go every single weekend and just have so much fun. And if you're feeling like nervous about getting into that community, because that's very kind of just taking the plunge, right? Like if you don't know anyone and you're just like, oh, I'm like interested into this stuff. Maybe you're watching like YouTube videos online. You're like, yes. Um, And you're kind of like looking like, how do I go? Like, it's so intimidating to go to a dungeon. Like, oh, I don't, I don't know what to do. Like what? you know, what do I wear? Like, what do I say? What don't I say? Like, um, cause there is a difference between like porn and reality. Um, <gasps> yes. Oh, well, you can't say that. <laughs> oh no. Did I, We're did I just allowed. ruin? You're breaking the immersion. Except for the people at this table. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you're, if you're interested in kind of exploring that or getting to know people. If you're looking for like a way in, um, I would say do some research into your like local area and see if your area has any sort of like munches at all. So that is a supposed to be very safe space to meet people publicly. Uh, Typically they have it like over lunch. Um, Munches? Munches. Yeah. So just like eating food. Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) They'll try to keep it, like, very kind of, like, PG-13 because you're in public. You don't want to be, like, 
Oh, the other day I was being whipped and I was getting fucked so hard. You know, it's like, and there's like a family with like a three-year-old like right next to you. Yeah, we used to just like go to like a sandwich shop, like everyone, and we would sit and just eat and like shoot the shit. Yeah, but I think it's a good way just to like get to know people and then slowly kind of lead into something. Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. This is the end of part one for our two-part series featuring Luna Vixen and Danny Sophia. Tune in next week to catch the rest. I'm Nikki Sapphire, signing off. <laughs>